0: Good morning, Adventure family. How are you? Good to be with you this morning. If you're not quite up, I think I get that. This week was quite a week, and uh, as we begin our new series on habits, habits that, habits that can uh, help, habits that can hurt, habits that can make you or break you, I started off this week with a total fail. On Wednesday morning, Melissa's first day of teaching, I was in the closet, our closet, and I noticed a pair of high heels. And they were kind of in the way. I was afraid I might kick them, you know, twist my ankle, get injured. And so I thought, I need to, I need to put these someplace else or someone like me is going to get hurt. And I went back for just a little snooze. And uh, this is kind of what unfolded. Go ahead. First well, day of work for Melissa. And, uh,
1: and I had, you know, set all my clothes out. First day of work is stressful. And it's very important, teachers, at least high school teachers, we have to wear power shoes the first day.
0: Okay? Power the shoes? Whole tone of Guys, that set. means it's all about height, right, Mr. Turner? You, you, you know these the ladies, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I picked out my shoes, had it all, I'd even tried all oh, the whole outfit on. Scott should have recognized, I mean, right, I showed him to him that I was wearing those shoes the next day. And so somewhere. Focused. I to spend 10 minutes looking for these shoes. I'm positive I have set out somewhere. I'm sure I looked in the bar stool, on the counter, by the TV, and I'm like, but I'm pretty sure I set these out like right where I needed them. But I couldn't find them, couldn't find them, so the stress is starting to build. So finally I'm like, I'm going to have to wake Scott up.
0: Which is not an easy.
1: So I said, Scott. My shoes! I cannot find my shoes. Do you have any idea? Thinking, why would he know where my shoes are? He's the guy. He would have no idea where my shoes are. But I'm like, do you know where my shoes are? And he said,
0: Oh yeah, man. I was afraid someone was going to get hurt. I put them up on the uh, put them in the cubby.
1: No, where he did put it? them upside down on the bottom shelf. Oh, I didn't. There are yeah. No ever shoes.
0: Routines are important. You and can if, get in a lot of trouble if you. Over it. We got over it by Friday. We were good. <laughs> Little routines is, is uh, the routines of a home. They can make you or they can break you. Let me ask you about some of your habits. Let's let's, get a little, let's do a little poll in here and find out where you're at on some of your habits. Uh, American survey of habits. Let's see how we score here. When preparing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which goes on the top layer? layer? How many of you would say uh, that peanut butter goes on the top layer? Of a sandwich, okay? You're in the 4% of Americans. 96% say jelly, all right? Nothing wrong. I'm not trying to marginalize anyone. If you felt like I just called you out, that wasn't it. That's coming, though. Uh, Just kidding. Um, Do you store your socks rolled up or folded flat? How many of you roll them up? Okay. How many of you fold them flat? Okay. Just a few. Okay. All right. So the numbers are rolled up 51%, 41% uh, flat. Uh, How many of you just throw them in the drawer? Like, who cares? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. How about this? Uh, When do you fill up your car with gas? Okay, that's where we're at now. Um, When it's a fourth low? When it's half empty? How about this? When it's almost empty and stops moving? (laughs) How many of you are like, yeah, that's when we go to the, okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, Let's go to something maybe a little bit more sensitive. Who uses the most space in your closet? All right. Okay, everyone take a look at each other. Just kind of calm down for a moment. Okay, here we go. Okay, how many of you think he does? He uses the most space in the closet. Yeah, 25%. You're with 25%. How many of you think, just humbly, she might? She might. Perhaps she might. Okay, yeah, 80% of Americans said, said uh, she uses more space in the closet. Lastly, um, how many of you guys just said, what closet? What are you even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Habits, habits, habits. Lots of different habits. They're hard to break. I tell you one habit I struggle with. I'm not kidding. Uh, there's a lot of habits. You know, you try to systematize every week. When you, you know, how you, for me, for me sometimes I try to, like, if I'm leaning over in the garage, and I see something that needs to be picked up, I try to pick it up right there, take it to the trash, throw it away, take it to the laundry room, try to use my energy. I don't know if that's weird, but I do that. Anybody, is there one person out there that does that? Yeah. If you're leaning, Taylor, if you're leaning down, it's like take advantage of that momentum, grab it, and yeah, it's weird, but I do it. The one habit I'm struggling with, I'm not kidding, I'm probably all alone in this, is when you go through the checkout at Raley's or you go to a cashier and they ask you the question, the same question they've been asking for a year now do you need a, I'm like, yeah, of course I need a bag, <laughs> of course I need a bag, how much are they, hundred dollars now, or just still 10 cents, I need a bag, and the question in my home is, where are all the, where are the bags, because I, we bring them home all the time, but I never bring them to Rayleighs. and so I asked Melissa, I said, where, where are our bags, you know, and uh, she said, we'll go out in the car, so this morning, I walked out in the car, and I opened up the trunk of the car, and this is what I found. <laughs> I found bags everywhere. So so, so the question I'm asking, I, there's only like, what, 70 cents there? <laughs> the question I'm asking is, how am I going to break, how, how do I, when's the day where I'm going to come in, and they're going to say, do you need a bag? And I'm going to say, I don't. <laughs> I don't need a bag. And I asked her, I said, where are all of our cloth bags? We have some like, you know. Cloth bags, where are they? She said, oh, they're all in the pantry. Well, how come they're in the pantry? Because no one, no one wants to take them from the pantry to the car. All right. How many of you are like, yeah, I get, I get the bag thing. I'm struggling. How many of you are like, I have not broken that habit of not bringing bags in? Anybody? All right. So what we're going to talk about today is how do you, how do you actually break a habit like that where you're stuck because you can't seem to remember to... Bring those bags in. And the answer, just to tell you where we're going, is you've got to place these bags somewhere where you see them, where they're in front of you, where they cue you. That's the word from the book that's the backdrop of this message, The Power of Habit. Based on neuroscience, you place this over your rearview mirror or on a passenger that's with you. You just cover his head. Or you place it on your the rest of your seat. You've got to see it so that you know that that's that's that protects me from doing the same thing over and over and over again. I've got if I'm going to change that habit, uh, I've got a, I need some sort of cue. That's where we're headed. It's like seeing the McDonald's arches. You see, it's a cue. <laughs> Salty fries are coming. It's a cue. These are your cue. That's where we're headed today. How do, we, how do we start new habits that can make a big difference? And I think I have a burden for this because I know that some habits can really be kind of self-destructive. There are some habits that if you make yourself, and routines, that if you make yourself, uh, you know, kind of vulnerable to, it can be self-destructive. On a light note, if you decide, hey, you know what? I've worked out hard the last couple weeks. I think I'm going to take a week off. I just, I'm going to skip going to the gym. I'm going to skip running. I'm going to skip working out this week. I'll start hard again next Monday. Yeah. How many of you have a next Monday tomorrow? You're supposed to start tomorrow? Just a couple. Okay. Liars. So, (laughs) no, but it's, the temptation is, just kidding. The temptation is to to put it off. And then how long do you really put it off for? Yeah, January 2018, right? (laughs) Routines are tough to keep. Oh, my word, you have to really treasure them. Uh, diets, you know, you 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 try to be disciplined with what you eat, and then all of a sudden, because of your schedule, especially young parents, this fall, you got kids in sports, you're going out more than you ever have, right? <laughs> you pay the mortgage, and then the higher bill is the fast food restaurant bill, right? Not quite, but that's it, it feels like it sometimes. Habits are tough. Here's another habit that, that concerns me. What about the habit of just especially a week like last week, which was busy week, it just felt like the whole world decided everything needed to happen last week. Can you relate? Like everything had to happen and start last week, right? And you're stressed out, and your routine's been messed with, and it's tempting to entertain the habit, thought of, why am I doing this? This is meaningless. I just, ugh, you know? And to allow your mind to kind of have hopeless, hopelessness, right? And what I want to tell you this morning is God has always got something better around the corner. Better days are on the way. You're going to have permission to have joy in the future and peace in the future because our God, though life is brutal, our God is a generous God. And yet you've got to have the eyes to see his generosity in the midst of total uh, scarcity. Okay, that's where we're headed, and it's going to take some habits. I'm going to introduce two habits to you today. It's going to be out of Joshua chapter 1. If you brought your Bibles, you can open. And the question uh, I'm going to answer this morning is, how do we get from here to there? How do we get from here, total loss, total fails at Rayleighs and Walmart, uh, to there where I'm walking in with all my plastic and I'm ready to do this how do you get from here to there is what i'm going to talk. Now let me give you a little context of our message on the power of habits getting from here to there in Joshua 2 2 through 9. Here's the here's the kind of outline of the passage. There's God's call to us. There's God's promises. And then there's God's instructions. That's kind of the outline of where we're at, and this is this is I love this. This is just history, where God is bringing hope to a nation that's been without hope for forty years. They've been wandering in the desert. They've been in the land in between, in the in the middle of the desert of of, of Sinai or Sinai, and He's going to give them hope. And the question we're going to answer this morning, if you're in a season like that, is how do we get from here to there? that's where i'm headed joshua chapter 1 first is i must be focused on future vision i must be focused on in this season for what he's going to do in the next season that there's always something coming around the corner that god is always at work in me through me and around me that something is coming i'm getting ready for something and i remember as a kid as a kid as a teenager how kind of depressed I was. Like, if you're feeling depressed, students, this is not, I'm not trying to encourage you that direction. But I just remember wondering, what does the future hold for me? Like, what am I going to do? Really, just kind of felt stuck. And I got introduced to grace of how God was graciously going to work in my life and give me things I didn't work for. Give me opportunities I did not deserve or work for. And it was such, it's been such a ride in that regard. Grace is a gift. Now, just to dip into this book, The Power of Habit, a cue is this, I'm calling in the Bible grace, but a cue is this like reminder. It's like the McDonald's arches or it's like this advertisement in the 1930s when the American soldier, this is what happened, the American soldier was suffering from tooth decay. And the military was concerned about it. They voiced the issue, and this entrepreneur introduced Pepsodent toothpaste. And what it does is it helps you. Here's one of the cues: Everyone gets up in the morning, except maybe a few people, and they have film on their teeth. Okay, gross. That's the end of the gross. And what Pepsodent says is, "We've got this. We've got this flavored toothpaste that you'll. It's so good you'll want to eat it. Not really." But the promise of it—it's the truth. This is the promise. 1930s, right? It's the truth. Pepsodent makes teeth far brighter. 1930s, you—you you use Pepsodent, not only are is is you going to get rid of the film, but your teeth are going to be brighter. You're going to be more attractive. Life is going to be good if you're—you're going to look like this guy or that gal. You're going to be—you can see the the military uh, military soldier. You're going to be better. It's it's this, it's this promise, okay, which seems kind of maybe secular, disconnected, but think about it. What's God offering the nation of Israel here? A promise. He's giving them something. Can you relate to the idea of having your faith in a God who is generous? Like, do you anticipate his generosity? Do you think, you know what, what's the Lord doing right now? What is, he, is he doing something in my life where he's going to bring something to me? Does he see the spot I'm in? Is, uh, is he sensitive to my challenges? Uh, is, is joy even going to be possible? Is peace going to be possible? Here it is. This starts off really tough. Moses had passed. Moses, this is the beginning of Joshua 1. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And it's sometimes when you sense God's leading, it feels like, oh, really? Seriously, he's providing? Yeah, sure. I believe that. How many of you can be cynical like me sometimes? Okay. All right. Yeah, really? I want to see this. (laughs) Sure. It's been 40 years. We've been living, you know, portable life in the desert. Really? He's going to do this now? Yeah. Sometimes the new habit for all of us to embrace, is hope. That God's really going to continue working in our lives. Hope. It's It's a new paradigm that he's got a future for us, for our family, for our career, for our children. Hope. He's doing something here in the nation of Israel. And look at this. I love how this, this is God talking. I will give you. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river. The Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea on the west. I'm going to give you. Think about this. What do you have that God's just given you? What are you holding on to that God's just given you? There's a lot if you really take a moment and think about it. What has he given you? uh there's a lot he, he's he's given you your beautiful children he's given you a place to live he's uh he's given you work opportunity he's giving us air conditioning right now <laughs> he's given us uh friends he's given us uh pets yeah he's He's generous. There's stuff he gives us that we don't earn. And and God here is giving again. Here's a couple habits that will keep you from seeing God as a generous God. Here you go. If you want to stay stuck, these are the two steps to ensure that you don't develop any new habits and you live in hopelessness. Here it is. The first is this. All right, AV team, I'm going to need a little help here. There we go. The first is this, it's to start with what's wrong, and the second is to spread doubt. Start with what's wrong. In the scriptures, in Nehemiah, there was a season when the Hebrews didn't believe that God was going to deliver them. Uh, It says, the scripture says that, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified in very large We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. These were the inhabitants of Canaan that God promised he was going to drive out. And the Hebrews are like, they're all seven feet tall, and they can all reverse dunk. There's no way we can do this. We can't do this. And so they started with what was wrong. When God is giving you new vision for your future, your and hope, it's going to be scary. It's scary. Secondly, you're going to be tempted, and so are others, to spread the doubt. Those that went and, in, and investigated the land, the, the spies, ten were bad, two were good. The ten came back and said this. They spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw were of great size. Here's the deal. When people have vision, when you sense God's leading you, when you sense the Holy Spirit's giving you direction, you're going to be surrounded with naysayers. People are going to be like, here's the question they're going to ask. How? How are you going to do that? Really? How? How are you going to do that? How? How are you going to afford that? Are you serious? That's stupid. You're you're not thinking. You didn't go to school. How are you going to do that? And as we heard from Andy Stanley this week in his presentation at at the Global Leadership Summit, don't ask how. Instead say, wow. Wow. Let's start with uh, husbands and wives. Wives, when your husband comes to you and he says, hey, I got this idea. Yeah, here's what we're going to do. We're selling the house. Take all that money. We're going to invest it in a business. We'll downsize into about a 350-square-foot one-bedroom, okay? Totally downsize. It'll be a blast. And then we'll, we'll, we'll invest all that money, and our business will, we'll, will be It'll multiply in two to three years, no doubt. And then we'll spend most of our summers in, in uh, Tuscany and uh, in London, and we'll be back here occasionally. That's what we're going to do. And ladies, when you hear that, this is what you need to say. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. 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 And then you hand them the remote control back to the TV and they'll forget all about it, okay? (laughs) Truth aside, how about this? When our children come to us and say, hey, this fall, I'm going to get a 4.0. The temptation as a dad is to say, we've had this conversation before, haven't we? Am I the only one? (laughs) Uh, What about, your... you know, to start digging instead of saying, wow. Wow. When people have vision, you want to say, wow. I heard the story of this Stanford professor recently, uh, George Danzig, who uh, as a senior was taking the, the math final, and there was a promise with this math final at Stanford University And the promise was that the student that got every question right was going to be given a scholarship to be the next becoming professor of math at Stanford University. And George Stanzig actually arrived late, 10 minutes late, for the final exam. He arrived, and the professor put a couple questions up on the chalkboard, and then there were only eight questions given to the students. Well, the bell rang. He came up and asked for permission to take his... To take the two questions home and finish his exam at home, he was given permission to do that. Uh, he came back the next morning to the professor and realized there's no way he's going to get this scholarship. He he crammed to try to get a perfect score on this, but he was only able to solve one of the two questions that the professor put on the chalkboard. And uh, he brought them in, and he got approached by his professor. He got a phone call. Um, and uh, the, pr- the professor that night called him and said, George, you don't know what you've done. Um, it was the teacher. And George said, I knew I didn't get the professorship because I wasn't able to complete all 10. The caller said, you don't know what happened. You came in late to the class, didn't you? George said, yes. He said, the professor said, I just wanted to encourage the students so that when I passed out the test, the eight questions, I also wrote on the board and said, there are some math problems that that." that are unsolvable impossible problems and to give an example i wrote those two on the board you came in and thought they were part of the test george you've solved the math question that even einstein couldn't solve (laughs) you have made math history and he got the professorship the question george asked of himself is do you think i would have answered that question if i arrived on this on time and been told it was impossible So when your kids come to you and they say, "Hey, I'm thinking of this year I'm going to get this GPA." Or they come to you and they say, "Hey, this year I'm going to get up early every morning." Or this year I'm going to leave for school and my bedroom's going to be perfect." And you're like, Ugh. you say, "Not nah. when your spouse comes." How oh. you say, "Wow." When your spouse comes to you and says, "What do you think of this?" You say, men, let's give it a masculine. You don't say, uh, how are you going to do that? You say, wow, wow. All right? So the first step for us to develop new habits is to lock on to a future vision, a future vision. And it's hope. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite Bible verses is the way Joe bends. And the second life, the second half of his life was better than the first. Do you know that's how Joe bends? And the second half of his life was better than the first. I don't know about you. I want a better second half. Don't you? God is always at work ahead. Days of joy are coming. Now the second is. Uh, I must be receptive to God. I've got to have this receptivity to God. And in the neuroscience of habit, this is called the loop. We'll get to that. Uh, I'll talk about that more next week. But I've got to have a receptiveness to God. And what I want to look at is just a couple narratives from Jesus in the New Testament and ask a few questions. Number one, first question is this. You might write this down. Am I teachable? Am I teachable? Uh, Jesus said this. He said uh, that a farmer went out to sow his seed. Um, We'll get there. Jesus said a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. And he says, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that may not, they may not believe and be saved. What we know about the devil is that he's the father of all lies. He's a liar. He lies. Did you ever find it just a total turnoff when you sense that someone's lying to you? It's like, you're lying? <sighs> Have you ever caught yourself doing it? and thought, oh, you're gross, right? The devil's a liar. This is what he'll say to us. He'll stay, say stuff like this. Uh, the Bible is fairy tale. He'll say the Bible is fantasy. It's fiction. He'll say Christians are uneducated. There's no real Christian thinkers out there. C.S. Lewis, what did he know? Uh, they're going to say, hey, Jesus was a, simply a gifted teacher, a leader, a compassionate. Yeah, I'll give him that. But he's, God's not involved in the affairs of men today. Uh, those are lies. Are you teachable? If you're teachable, you're going to be receptive to God. And being teachable really means to be humble, approachable, getting feedback. Secondly, second question is, am I growing deeper personally? Jesus said this, some seed fell on rocky soil, and when, the, when it came up, the plants withered because it had no moisture. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Here's the deal. We're going to go through seasons of testing. If you're going through a tough time, it's not unusual for us to be tested. Don't be surprised when you experience trials and tribulations, for such are those that are entering the kingdom of God. Okay? If you're a new believer, this is why we want to see you in a group. We want to see you with people, because our culture is a culture that won't always encourage you to follow Jesus Christ personally. Third question is this, am I ruthless with distractions? And Jesus said, other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked it out. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. Hey, I heard about worry recently. Why pray when you can worry? Truly, really, why pray when you can just sit around and fret and analyze and worry and focus on what could go wrong? No, that's not how to live. So how do, we, how do we really grow? Well, what I do know is a church in the Midwest surveyed 1,500 churches and asked those 1,500 churches, why are your people maturing in their faith in Jesus Christ? And the number one reason, just one, they only came up with one strong answer, number one reason why the Christians in 1,500 churches nationwide were growing in their faith, just one answer. They read their Bibles. Probably wasn't very clear. 1,500 churches were surveyed in the Midwest, out of the Midwest, nationwide. And they asked the, those that attended these churches, hey, you're growing in your faith. You're experiencing peace. You're experiencing joy. You're, you're um, experiencing character, which every American identifies as their number one goal. You've got all this stuff going for you. How are you doing it? They said, oh, we read our Bibles regularly. Uh, you you do what? You It's okay. They clapped in the first service too. You read your Bible? That helps you grow? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they said. So we've challenged Christians at Adventure to give Jesus the first 15 minutes of every day. I know you're saying, I don't have 15 minutes. Well, while you're moving the high heels of your wife's shoes, what you do is you play Uh, the audio version of the Bible in version. (laughs) While you're doing the dishes, you play the audio. While you're on your commute, you play the audio. You listen to the Word. You listen to some worship music for five minutes a day. You listen to some, you you give thanks for five minutes a day, and you listen to the Scriptures. I'm telling you, it gives you the fuel you need. And some of you are like, hey, you had me at reading. I'm not doing it. (laughs) That's okay. I got another tool for you. Text the words REFUEL to 56316, and they'll send you a devotion every day, and it actually goes with our series, some tools. Boy, I want to be receptive. Let me just say this personally. I totally think the, the, the key for discipline in every area, I'm talking about the discipline to work out. I'm talking about the discipline to be humble and listening to what's going on in your marriage and family life and work. I'm talking about the, the routine of being present at home and being a worker at home, leaving work and being somewhat workable at home. I'm telling you, the key for me is my time in God's Word. It's the key. It's letting the Word of God speak to me and direct me every day. I must be focused on future vision. I must be receptive to God. And personally, I can tell you sometimes that's scary. Sometimes Jesus asks stuff of me that scares me, for real. But there's comfort and peace there. Number three, I must not go it alone. I can't be alone. I can't be alone. It's not good for me to be alone. If I'm alone, I can Netflix binge. If I'm alone, I'll eat too much peanut butter. If I'm alone, I get kind of depressed. Um, I, I need to be with friends. Am I the only one here? Is there anybody else? Need a friend. I think this is the healthiest next step. So what does this mean? Let me tell you, don't do it alone. I think this is the healthiest next step you could take today. What I know is that there's a reward when I respond to God. And uh, part of that reward is going with others. Now, in the scriptures here, we're at scripture, we'll come back to that. Now then, you and all these people, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now on, you will cross the Jordan, here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Get together with others, don't be alone. I want to challenge you this fall. I want to challenge you to get into a group this fall. In a few weeks, we're going to have group signups. Get into a group. Go be with some other Christians and let Jesus speak to you personally through those other Christians. That's what's going to happen. You're going to encounter Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Go get in a group so you can hear from Jesus. Sign up on the 27th. Um, What I've also asked today are some attitudes. Don't listen to discouragers. Be very careful. And sometimes, just personally, I can self-discourage. I can, I'm the guy that discourages myself. i got to be careful about that. Take every thought captive. Transform my mind. Get yourself ready for what God's going to do this fall, and a challenge for maybe a few of you. Instead of just getting in a group, why not hosting a group in your own home? Melissa and I used to do this, and here's why. It helped us get our house clean. Really, we would say, we've got company coming over tonight, probably 10 people. We need all of you to get with it and help us clean our house. And it was great. They'd clean because they didn't want our house, the embarrassment of our house looking like it did. So we all cleaned it up. Folks came over, and we have friends that have lasted a lifetime. I would challenge a few of you to host this fall. And if you're interested on your way out, Dan Dice will be standing by the center table. Just approach him. He's got a sign-up sheet. And uh, we would love some new host homes. It might be the best thing for you. We put a lot of money into where we live here, don't we? (laughs) Are you the exception? I think we all do, don't we? Let's use what we've got to be a blessing, not just to people from Adventure, but what about your neighbors? They'll come over. Frightening, even that neighbor. They might come. (laughs) And uh, you get a chance to love them. Here's where we've been today. How do we get from here to there, really? Really? How do we get from the land in between where you feel like it's a land of hopelessness, Sinai for 40 years, the grind, to a land of generosity where you're receiving what God's given you? Where He's given you stuff you didn't work for. I didn't work for that. That was a gift. How do you get there? First, be focused on future vision, have hope for what God's going to do in the future. You're in a season of preparation now for what he's going to do in the future. Have hope. Days of joy are coming. Days of peace are coming. How do I know this? Because that's what the kingdom's all about peace, joy, and Christ's character. Secondly, be receptive to God. I think this is hard. I think it's hard. I don't think Jesus is always that nice to me. I think sometimes he really challenges me. Is that real enough for you? I don't think he's always like, oh, Scotty, come here. We're going to take care of you. No. Hey, let's go. Let's do this. Thirdly, I must not go it alone. Be with people. Open your home. Get into a group. I've done this personally this year. It's been changing for me. I run with a team. I write with a team. I meet with a team of leaders three times a year. It's been life-changing for me. Lastly, get yourself ready for a group. Host a group this year. Maybe the last thing you want to do is be with people right now. You can't wait to get out of here. You don't want anyone to greet you today. It's like, this is a no-greet Sunday. I'm out of here. Don't talk to me. Don't do the shake your hand, shake five people's hands when you leave. You're like, don't say that one. We're going to do 20 today. No, but what we need the most that we don't want sometimes is to, is to have people around us, to have a community of courage around us, to have a community of encouragers around us, people that will fight for you and be there for you. What are we going to do about these? These are crazy here's what we're going to start cueing ourselves. I challenge you today go out to your trunk and and put this on the put this on one of the headrests of your car right behind whoever you came with just put it right there and then maybe when you go home take your take your maybe before you leave download the Bible app that we mentioned earlier can we bring that up you version download it right now uh, We're downloading at home and 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 be able to and, and start in the word daily. You can do it, but you gotta start now. You gotta cue yourself. You need a cue. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these friends. Help us form better habits so that we're not we're not doing the same thing over and over again but that we're experiencing peace and joy, personal character, which is what the kingdom of God's all about. If anyone's here and you've never made a personal decision to make Jesus the leader of your life, to accept his death on the cross as a substitutionary payment for all of your mess-ups, So that if you believed in him, you wouldn't perish, but you'd have eternal life. And life now, if you've never made that decision, why not now? Why not just say yes to Jesus? And uh, if if you're ready to make that decision, I just want to challenge you right from where you're seated to say, God, today I'm saying yes to Jesus. Right from where you're seated, God, today I'm saying yes to Jesus. And if you just prayed that prayer with me, would you let me know? Just raise your hand and say, yeah, today's the day. I said yes to Jesus. Two people. Anybody else? Just say yes to you. Another hand in the back. Another hand. Another hand. Yes to Jesus. Praise the Lord. God, I just pray that your spirit will fill those that raise their hand today with your peace, your joy, and the character that comes from Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.